0: Welcome to the Smarticle Podcast, where we take a good article and make it gooder.
1: The world's on fire, Brandon. It is a God Talk Friday. Oh, yeah. This is your five seconds of silence. Maybe the only silence you get all day, so enjoy it. Brought to you by the Smarticle Podcast. Once again, it is a God Talk Friday, Brandon. So. If you would refrain from using the B, C, D, and A bad oh. words, oh. we would really B, appreciate C, that.
0: D and A. I'm trying to. I don't even know what those words are. Okay, I'll try.
1: Good friends at the Center for Action and Contemplation are going oh, through a series yeah. called "Engaging with the World on Fire." This is a post entitled "Engaged Christianity." It's written by the great Brian McLaren. We don't do the Woka and the Wagga on Fridays, Brandon. No, we do not on God Talk Friday. I was encountering something in my faith tradition that didn't sit right with me. I felt like I was peeling an onion. I noticed, for example, that people who spend a lot of time at church often seemed to be the meanest, most arrogant, and most judgmental people that I met, Brandon included. I noticed that the same being true of me as well. It seemed that Christianity had become, for many people, an evacuation plan. How to get your soul out of earth into heaven rather than a transformation plan. How to help how to help God's will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I think this parallel struggle is the struggle to have a faith that isn't an evacuation plan or an escape into a private bliss, but a way of seeking to have a spiritual transformation in our own lives that will express itself in change and transformation on our world. We're on a quest to find how to have an engaged expression of deep spiritual life that makes a difference in a world on fire. This is number 1 for me Brandon. I feel like most big evangelical when I say big, showy, churchy people in my life were all trying to convince me and convict me to get into heaven at some point down the road and just fudged out the details between then and now. Details didn't matter, the end mattered eternity. And I have com- it's just flipped my life completely flipped my life around. What what do you think did that? Like what those people for you, I
0: mean, if you were raised in, you know, Whittier, California home of the evangelical, whatever, and you were raised with that ideal, what was the transformation for you? What were the events that happened that made you say, Hey, you know, that, that doesn't make sense to me anymore.
1: Well, I was a Christian DJ for a while. Right. So that was, I saw the backside of water. It was like about making, like you made money by playing the God card. And I was like, wait a minute, that's dirty. That's one part of it. The other well, part. So, was, wait,
0: did you go into the radio station like as a true believer? Like I love Jesus and I want to work at this. Yeah,
1: absolutely. I went. I went in as an evangelical Christian for okay. sure. Okay. So you were say like praying, prayer.
0: and I'm in it, and and, and yeah. we're doing God's work here, and this is great. Yeah.
1: Okay. And a lot of Christian companies and churches all say, "Do this work for God," but we're going to pay you like a slave to do it. Oh. And I remember thinking, like, shouldn't people of faith pay people more, not less, and say, do it on behalf of God. So that was part of it.
0: The other one, to be honest with That's also what schools do, by the way. Anytime you tie into
1: someone's altruism, you can pay them less. It's, it's bizarre. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I guess they're not really unique in that, Christian people. The other part is the second half of life thing. You bring in, like, just like Brian McLaren says in his post today, Richard Rohr is like light years ahead of everyone. And his mantra is, everything matters. Every- God didn't create the system so that you could be born, and in your 30s have this conversion, and then when you die, you'll go to heaven. Like, no, 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 no. the whole process matters. And that's why I don't understand people of faith. Like, how does not every, your this day matter? Well, how does it not matter? I
0: think that part of it is, is because people are pretty simple, and they don't want to think about things. And that's a yeah. very complex ideal yeah. to, to sit there and say, wait, there's not a black and a white. As I mentioned, I had a friend that once said, I just want it to be black and White, I don't want any gray, and I was like, "Well, that's going to be a tough life for you." You know, it's interesting. I was talking with a friend who I introduced to Roar, and he mentioned he's a smartacolor, he's a listener, so I won't name check him on it. But he he said, "Oh, you know, I remember Brian McLaren was kind of a a, a controversial figure because he was he was kind of accused of being a universalist." Now, I had never read anything by Brian McLaren. I knew the name, but only through the Center for Action and Contemplation. I I don't I didn't know any of his backstory. So I did a little bit of reading up on him when my friend mentioned that because I was like, "Huh," and you know, he's just this guy that was an evangelical that started challenging the evangelical world. And I think when you're in that world, when someone criticized – Rob Bell's another perfect example. I remember, he was like a full Bono's another one. People yeah. are like Bono is too universalist, right? Well, they, well, the thing is, is that I don't know if it's necessarily universalist, but I think it's when people were one thing. Remember the guy that wrote "I kissed Dating Goodbye"? And now he doesn't oh, even believe in. Right, he doesn't even believe in Christianity anymore. (laughs) But I think that people have a really hard time with that because they're like, "Wait a second, there's a right way and there's a wrong way. You got to follow James saw, Are you covered in the blood of the Lamb?" And my friend's not like this at all. He's a very thoughtful guy and lives his life out, you know, truly like you says. He's like, "Hey, why am I? We we should be doing these things because it's what God wants, not because we're making money or whatever from it." But he brought that up, and I was like, I was, I was curious. I was like. And then in this one reading, you talk about Tekdan, the Buddhist, right? The Buddhist guy that that, he's a Buddhist and they're referencing a Buddhist. And I can hear evangelicals losing their minds around a Buddhist. And I say to them, why do you lose your mind about it?
1: I think number one, Christianity in, in America is a big business. You keep people in the seats, you sell books. I mean... Yeah. Billy Graham's this name, it's like kind of I don't even Right. Yeah. We're probably the last, like the next generation zoomers aren't gonna know who Billy Graham is. But like saving souls and getting butts in pews, that is a big business that's like what makes the world go round. And as you know, we talk about all the time, churches are dying. Like that's a that's yeah. a business that's going away.
0: Except for the mega churches, which are doing like rock concerts and they're feeding a consumer yes. soul. You know, it's interesting you referenced Teknon in on or however we pronounce it pronounced in this article uh tick not on is his name and i'd actually had a friend years ago that referenced this guy it was like a follower of him who'd been raised catholic and he's like oh, i kind of follow this monk named tick not on i'm like oh okay but it was it was really interesting because the the five core concepts they list in this article are lifelong learning gentleness love serenity and nonviolence and i don't see any of those that are, are counter to what jesus taught nothing uh, so when you get down to it you're like well, we should be lifelong learners and we should be gentle and we should love and we should have serenity in our lives. And he's talking about uh, a and, and nonviolence, not killing people. Those seem like very Christian concepts. And yet, well, no, it seems like you're talking about Jesus. Well, right. But what I'm saying is, is I think a lot of people lose their minds when you bring that up. We, we just recently did uh, a show on capital punishment. I'm like, Yish. it's, it's, you know, edited. And I was like, wow, this is going to be a tough one. But My feeling about capital punishment has changed as my faith has changed because I just don't believe that my job is to kill someone. I I just think it's wrong. And so it's just interesting when you talk about like your own journey, how you got there, Brian McLaren. I think you could argue even Father Rohr, he grew up in Kansas as a devout Catholic and it was just somewhere along the way. And I've seen this over and over and over with people that are just wrestling with their faith. They all kind of end up in the same spot going, you know. I don't know all the answers, but I'm just going to try to put one foot in front of the other. And they get labeled as like Rob Bell, a universalist because Rob Bell's like, wait, I don't know if I believe in hell. That just seems really weird. And I can't find a lot of proof for it. And by the way, the Jews don't believe in hell. And Jesus was a Jew. So it's like, it's a very weird medieval concept of hell, but that's what your wittier people are trying to save people from going to hell.
1: Jesus makes sense. Jesus makes, if you just read the Bible and read what Jesus did. Serving the poor, hanging out with the AdCast. he makes sense. But what do you that's do it. with
0: like Paul and and Peter and Timothy well, and the I mean,
1: other people? I, yeah, that, I mean that's I that's it. I don't. I honestly, I don't know what you do with those people. I don't know.
0: And I I often wonder. And I guess you know the the question would be is I wonder are we filtering Paul or any of these other epistle writers? Are we filtering through the lens of a twenty first century person? And what I mean by that is that. I don't know, Paul wrote these letters to specific churches who were struggling with specific things, and yet Christians have taken these letters and said, let's just layer this over everybody, because everybody's in the same boat. I'm like, I don't know if that's true, because I think a, a Christian in the America is very different than a Christian in Angola, mm, yeah, who's no, just yeah, struggling geez. to stay alive, right? Yeah. So, So this idea that there's this universal Christianity also seems a little bit rough to me.
1: The last thing I would like to say about this is that if your religion, Christianity, is still making you unhappy, hmm. why are you doing it? Because like, you don't I, want to go to hell. Yeah, that's honestly, to me, that's... Well, I think that's why a lot of evangelicals do it, because they don't want to go to hell. What a horrible existence. Yeah. If you keep calling yourself and living the same life in hopes that 40 years from now, you will be e- in eternal bliss, how, how could you even... Feel what eternal bliss is, even you know what that is. If your life is miserable, I say it all the time. I just want my in-laws to be happy, and I'm like, is the current plan you're on of being an evangelical Christian making you even the most moderately happy? I don't. Think the answer they, is no.
0: I don't think that they even can do that. I don't think they can even go out there and talk about happiness. They see that because they've been taught that. That even thinking about being happy or being a, a, an individual is the work of the devil. There's always this character lurking behind yeah, the scenes that's going to steal their soul from them, and that's I think they live in that sense of fear. Oof. So listen, hey, my my job is not to be happy. My job is to save myself from the eternal chasms of hell. Far! <laughs> I mean that's what they're that's the way they view the world, and and so if you if you remove the idea of like, not saying there isn't a hell, but just remove thinking about it because you're a believer and you're following Jesus and you're doing these things. To the best of your ability, do you really think God's gonna punish you for eternity mm. because you made a mistake on <laughs> on trying to love people too much? Like if that was that's what God's gonna punish you because you didn't follow the rules of this. And by the way, there are what, eight trillion different denominations and they all believe something different. I, I just think hold on to it loosely. That's what I think.
1: Ooh, hold on to it, Brandon? Mm. Loose grip. L- loosen? Loosen the grip, baby.
0: Loosen the grip. I,
1: listen, I don't want to out you, but I might have to email your elders or someone at the board of your oh. church and be like, Brandon went full heat on the Smarticle podcast this last God Talk Friday. Oh,
0: they probably would kick me out. So yeah, that's Seriously? okay. Seriously? But you know what? I feel free Feel free to send it to them. No, I don't think they would, but they know that I'm I'm a radical. So I mean, like, hey, if they want to kick me out, I'm like, that's ah, fine. No big deal. What if I
1: anonymously send them this MPD? That'd be great.
0: I hope you would. I would literally not lose a second's worth of sleep. If my church is I'd, I'd take it as a badge of honor if they kicked me
1: out. Hey, if you go to some sort of Christian trial and they're going to put you in front of the whole truth, <laughs> yeah. and you're going to give this Jack Nicholas speech, I'm like you can't handle the truth. Please call me as a character witness on behalf of your faith. I do I love. love
0: I do love, Larry, that even on this God Talk Friday, you've tried to take <laughs> us down this road of silliness and tomfoolery. But I would like to thank you for reminding me and all of our listeners to think about what we're doing before we act on what we're doing.